was studying that message even before I left, and I took my computer, and we had a couple of couple of times that we had a few hours that Brother Rains, I would get the computer out, and I'd look over it and study a little bit more about kingdom building, and then I would go and witness some of the things that I witnessed, and that thought kingdom building keeps ringing in my head. And then this morning, how God showed up in a powerful way, and, and we, we know that family, anytime, anytime somebody gets saved, you're, you're building kingdom. That's what we're talking about. We're building kingdom. I'm not going to take time to read the scripture. It's a very familiar scripture, but out of Nehemiah chapter 2, verses 1 and 10, Nehemiah uh, prays for his people in chapter 1. But he went also to the king and asked permission to go because he saw his city laying in ruins. It was devastated. Had the opportunity Friday to visit Tegucigalpa City Dump. Now you say, Pastor, why in the world would you go to the dump when you went someplace like that? Tegucigalpa is a city that's probably a million, three hundred thousand people. Very poor, very uneducated. When I got to that dump, Brother Sam, we had bought 48 pairs of shoes, tennis shoes out of a street vendor to give away at, to the people that was at that dump. When we got there, there were seven to 800 people digging through the trash. I've never been in a situation like that before to where there was that many people, that many cows, that many dogs, and that many buzzards around one area where the buzzards would not leave if you were there. They didn't care. They'd been there. They'd been doing that so long, Brother Rains, where you would have to shoo the buzzards off to walk. That many buzzers. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not kidding with you. And people, seven to eight hundred of them, was scratching through the trash trying to find something to eat. Trying to find something that they could live on. Trying to find something that, the, that would sustain them. And we, set, we pulled up there in the van and I'm thinking in my American way, this is not a good situation. You got seven to eight hundred people, we got 48 pairs of shoes. The math does not add up. And when you start handing out 48 pairs of shoes, I'm going to tell you something. You could have a serious, serious problem on your hand. And I, I, some of you may not understand what I'm talking about. And we're just, we're just uh, three white boys and two Hondurans. And we don't know the language. And we decided that we're not going to stop there and give out the shoes because we'd have a ride on our hands. But that yet we would go out to the end or the edge of the city dump, Sister Sue, and, and as people was leaving, we would hand them a pair of shoes. That's what, that's what our plan was. But Brother Omar, who is our translator, said, I want you all to get out of the van. And I'm thinking, I, I don't know that I want to get out of the van. I'm serious. Because you don't know what will happen in that situation. When you get people that's desperate enough, boy, there's a message right there. They're willing to do whatever it takes to get what they need. You get desperate enough about God, you're going to do whatever it takes. I don't care how you was brought up. I don't care what denomination. Denomination is out the door at that point. Amen. When you get desperate enough for God, you're going to do whatever it takes to get Him. I, I love the song they sang this morning. God, we just, need a, we just need more of your presence. We need more of your presence every day in our life. And so he talked us to get out of the van, and I got out. And they, they saw a lady about 300 yards off that they had met on a other trip. 
that they went to. Brother Eric and Brother Omar went to talk to him. And, and I'm, I'm there with the band. And the band doesn't lock. And I'm, and I'm thinking, who's going to stay here at the van? So I decided I'd, I'll, I'll do that. I took that job because I figured if something took place, it's close enough I could jump in at least. And I stood there at the, at the rear of the van. And I stuck my hands in my pocket and I watched this mass of people digging through the trash. I watched this mass of vultures digging through the same trash that person was digging through. And I'm, and I'm thinking about my message Sunday morning about, Lord, how do we change this setup right here? How do we build a kingdom out of this? How, how can we build a kingdom out of nothingness? But the Lord did it because He took you and I when we were nothing. And He died for us. He shed blood for us. He gave His life for us that we could be here today sitting in the comforts of this church house. Talking about spoiled, oh yeah, I felt like I was very spoiled when I was standing there. Because I knew what I had to go home to. Those people had nothing to go home to. That was their home. And to sense the pictures that I'll show you later on, it doesn't do it justice as far as the smell, as far as the atmosphere that you're able just to be involved in and the people, the mass of people that was around digging through the trash. And they was collecting old plastic and cardboard and things like that that they could go sell. And I witnessed, Brother Tim, a, a, a food truck come up there. because I, It had to be a food truck because I saw lettuce in the top of it just from restaurants and stuff that backed up. And when that truck came up there, people by the hundreds would come. Now, I didn't take a video of that. I, I just couldn't take a video of it. And they would come, and then when that truck would dump all of that stuff out, they would, they would pour into that pile, digging out that lettuce, digging out that food, along with the cows and the dogs and the vultures. Same, same setup, same scenario. And I'm thinking, Lord, how, how do we get to this place to where you have a city of over a million people, but yet they can't come and help those seven or 800 that's starving to death, trying to beat a life out. And I got to thinking about kingdom building, about that we are in the kingdom of Almighty God. We're soldiers in the kingdom. We made a mistake, I was going to tell you, we made a mistake because that lady that Brother Omar and Brother Eric went to visit, they knew her and they had talked with her before. And the lady told Brother Eric, said, Brother Eric, I've been praying that you guys would come. I've been praying that y'all would show up because I knew if y'all would come, you'd bring what we needed. And really what she done, she prayed us in that day. And, and out of all those people, sisters, we happened to drive up right where she was. You tell me that ain't God. And Brother Eric sent this Honduran man back to the van to get a pair of shoes. And I'm standing there, and he goes in the van, and he gets a pair of shoes and puts it in a, in a, in a, in a plastic bag and just discreetly walks out. But I, eyes was everywhere looking at that fellow. And Brother Todd, the second time that he went to that van, it wasn't just a matter of seconds that that van was mobbed. I am mean, just swarmed with people, and I thought, this is not good. This is not a good situation right here. I may never end back up in the United States, but we may, we may die right here in the, in the city dump of Tegucigalpe. And by God's, I began to pray. I said, God, you've got to help us. You've got to help us. This, this, I, we, can't, we can't handle this. We cannot start giving out shoes. And Omar and them, they come running up when they saw those people uh, coming there. And they said, this is not good. We've got to get in the van and we've got to go. And we managed to get in the van and Omar, who talked the language, he stood out there and he, he, he talked to the people. There's another lady that come up and started hollering just real loud, saying something that I didn't know. But later on, I found out that Omar said that she was telling the people, see what you've done. We, none of us is going to get anything now because of your actions. See what you did. 
And he calmed her down and he told the people, he said, look, I'm sorry, but we can't serve you guys today. The next time we come, though, we'll be able, we'll be more prepared because they weren't expecting that many people on that Friday to be there. At that, at that, they, you know, they've been there several times, but they said, we've never saw it this populated before. And they, believe it or not, they backed up and allowed us to get in the van and we was able to go and give out the rest of those shoes as we, as we left down. But I thought then, Lord, I'm a soldier in your army. You are my captain. Everywhere that we go, we need to build God's kingdom. Whether it's in America, whether it's in Honduras, wherever we find ourselves to be, we need to understand that you and I are soldiers in God's army and our job is to build the kingdom of God. Amen, wherever it may be. Wherever poverty may be, wherever, wherever there's hurt, wherever there's harm, wherever there's a need, you are, or you are alive today to fill that need. Now you may say, Pastor, no I'm not. Oh yes you are. You were created in the image of God. Are you not? You were created to serve Almighty God. And it doesn't matter if it's here, it doesn't matter if it's wherever it is, you are created to serve somebody that you can help. You have what somebody needs to fill that need. And so we're soldiers in the, in the Lord's army. The Lord Jesus Christ is our commanding officer. The Holy Bible is my code of conduct. Faith and prayer and the Word are weapons that we use for our warfare. I've been taught by the Holy Spirit and you've been taught by the Holy Spirit. We've been trained by experience. We've been tried by adversity. We've been tested by fires from time to time. And we are volunteers in the army of the Lord and we've enlisted for eternity. This is not just a a, a four-year thing or it's not just an eight-year thing or a 25-year thing. When you give your heart to the Lord, that moment that you said, yes, Lord, I accept you as my Lord and Savior, you are enlisted in the army of the Lord forever. Amen. Or at least it should be that way. Now we understand that we have times that we drift. We understand there's times that we go our our, our ways and and we do things that probably we're not proud of and the Lord's not proud of us. But I want to tell you, God is here today. And if if you've not felt His Spirit already today, God is here to bring you back in line. Hello, somebody. To get us back to where we need to be in the God's army. Amen. We don't have time to wait here. We don't have time to play games here. We don't have time because we, we go on vacations and things like that. And, I'm, and don't misunderstand me. We all need vacations. I'm talking in the spirit realm today, all right? We don't have time to put some things off that we've been putting off. Because God has called us and enlisted us in this army. We, we volunteered for this army. And I will either retire in this army at the rapture or I'll die in this army. Amen. But I will not get out. You've got to determine that. I will not get out. I'm not going to sell out. I'm not going to be talked out. I'm not going to be pushed out. I'm going to be faithful. I'm going to be reliable. I'm going to be capable. I'm going to be dependent. If my God needs me, then I am there. That should be our code of ethics right there. If God needs me, it's me, God. If God needs me here, I'm there, Lord. If he needs me in the Sunday school, I'm there, Lord. If he needs me with the youth, I'm there, Lord. If he needs me with the adults, I'm there, Lord. If you just need me to sit, I'm there, Lord. If you need me just to learn, I'm there, Lord. He can use me because I am there. I'm not going to be a wayward soldier. I'm not going to cross the the enemy lines and go and join the other side. I am enlisted in the army of Almighty God and I'm called to build a kingdom of God wherever I may be. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We got to build the kingdom. I'm there. I'm a soldier. I'm not a baby. I'm not sucking a bottle. I ain't got time to stay there. 
I don't need to be pampered. I don't need to be petted. I don't need to be primed up. I don't need to be pumped up. I don't need to be picked up. I don't need to be pepped up. I'm a soldier. No one has to call me. No one has to remind me. No one has to write me. No one has to visit me. No one has to entice me. I am a soldier of the Lord's army. And when he says get up and go, I get up and move. Hallelujah. Now, I don't know where that is for you. I don't know where that may be even for me in the future. I know some areas, and you know some areas, but wherever God says go, those songs used to say, Jesus, use me. Oh, Lord, please don't refuse me. If I can be a help somewhere, God, let me be that help somewhere. Let me be what I need to be, oh, God, in that hour, in that moment. You remember me telling you some Wednesday nights ago that when when God places a problem or a situation in your hands and you have the authority and the power to take care of it, and if you don't, it's a sin. I believe that. Because God has given you abilities. God's given you situations. God's given you opportunity to do that. And so I'm not going to have to be visited or enticed or lure me into another area. I'm a soldier in the army. I'm not a wimp. I I am in place saluting my king. I'm in place obeying his orders. I'm in place praising his name. I'm in place building his kingdom. Nobody has to send me flowers. Nobody has to send me gifts. Nobody has to send me food. Nobody has to send me cards. Nobody. Nobody has to send me candy. Nobody's got to give me handouts. I do not need to be cuddled. I don't need to be cradled. I don't need to be catered to. I don't need to be cared for. I am a committed child of God. And when God wants to bless me, he'll bless me. When God wants to take me, he'll take me. When God wants to pick me up, he'll pick me up. When God wants to put me down, he'll put me down. All I've got to do is be obedient to the voice. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I can't have my feelings hurt bad enough to turn me around. I can't be discouraged enough to turn me aside. I can't lose enough to cause me to quit. If I end up with nothing, I will still come out ahead. Oh, Job lost everything and he said, even though God slay me, I'm still going to trust him. Take everything you want from me. Take my possessions. Take my lands. Take everything. But I'm still going to trust the name of the living Savior. And if you have to, run the devil off. We was at this place called Camp Comento, and we went to another place. I don't even know the name of it. But I, I rode in the back of a four-wheel drive Toyota truck, which was, was shifted from side to side up and down them hills. My rear end is sore. My legs are sore. My knees are sore. I mean sore. I mean sore. <laughs> and when we got there, there's a little village that had two to 300 people. And right down the, the little mountainside by the range, there's a little block building that's a church of God. And I'm thinking, my Lord. And I told Brother Eric, I said, does Cleveland even know that that building is there? Does Cleveland even care that that building is there? He said, they don't know it's there because we just put it up a few months ago. And while we were there, there was a young people and their kids and they're being trained and being taught the Word of God. That's where they have school and that's where they have church. And I was also told that right across the street from the, from the schoolhouse and the church house there was the bully of the, of, the, of the village there that he would go out and get the young girls 9, 10, 11, 12 years old and rape them and just do harm to them hurt the women and all of that. And one day something happened that just he lost his mind. They said it. He got his machete. I mean if you're going to live over in Honduras you need a machete brother David. Amen. And he got that machete and he went to, and he went to hitting on the front door of that church and the other villagers the men of that, of that village came out with their machete and they actually got into a machete sword fight right there in front of the church house. I'm talking about running the devil off. 
See, we, we, we don't understand that kind of, and I'm not telling you to go buy a machete today, and, and if you don't like somebody, your neighbor, go run them off. That ain't what I'm saying. Uh-uh, don't do that today. But I want to draw a point here. But they went out and they took possession of what God had blessed them with, what God had given them, and they were not going to allow their babies to be harmed. They were not going to allow their women to be touched anymore. They were not going to allow, they had something that had just arisen inside of them. And the thought come across me, my God, if people in America could ever get that, get that understanding and rise up against the enemy that's coming against them and defeating and say, devil, no more. If I have to get my spiritual machete out, I'll get it out and I'll whack you to pieces. But no more. I'm a soldier in the army of God. And when God says go, I'm going to go. When God says stop, I'll stop. But until then, I'm not going to be talked about. It. I'm not going to be lied about it. I'm not going to be said anything else about it. It's not going to detour me from what I'm supposed to do in God's army. Hallelujah. We'll give him praise today. Here's the thing. We can't lose enough to quit. I won't let that sink in just a little bit. You can't lose enough. You should not be able to be lost enough in your life to cause you to quit on God. Some of y'all ain't heard me. Because things, as things goes a little awry, we want, we want to go our separate ways from God. Why did God do this to me? Why did God show up in this, in this fashion? Why did God do this? Why did God do that? Uh-uh. Job said, take it all. Can I remind you, you ain't got nothing anyway. You didn't have nothing when you come into the world. And you ain't going to have nothing when you go out of the world. Oh, yeah. And you can either, you can either, you can either meet Jesus or you can meet the enemy. That's, that's just all there is to it when it's all said and done. Thank God that he's blessed us. Thank God that he's touched us. Thank God he's given us a little money in our bank account so we can buy food with. Thank God that he's given us a decent ride that we can get to church. I thank God for all of those things. The blessings of God are tremendous. But we, don't, we, we need to understand that we cannot lose enough to cause us to quit. If I end up with nothing, I'll still come out ahead because I'm a winner in the Lord's army today. My God has, and he will continue to supply all of my needs. You and I, we're more than a conqueror. I will always triumph. I can do all things through Christ. Devils can't defeat me. People can't disillusion me. Weather cannot weary me. Sickness can't stop me. Battles cannot beat me. Money can't buy me Governments cannot silence me And hell can't handle me Because I'm a soldier in the army of almighty God And even death cannot destroy me For when my commander calls me from this battlefield You know what will happen? He'll just promote me to the captain And then allow me to rule with him Why? Because I'm a soldier in the army of the Lord And I'm marching today And I'm claiming victory today And I will not give up today I will not turn around today I am a soldier marching toward heaven bound he's got the place prepared for me and all I'm doing is just working right now until he says hey come on up hither come on up hither and when he says that the dead in Christ is going to rise and we in which are alive and remain is going to be caught up together what means old grandma and grandpa going to get up out of the ground that means mama and daddy's going to get up out of the ground that means sons and daughters is going to get up out of the ground and if I'm lucky enough to be alive you fix to see this old fat boy fly. Oh, yeah. Well, maybe not because the Bible says in the twinkling of an eye, so you may not see me. Man, I'll move so quick. Yeah. I'm gone. Pastor, do you really believe that? Oh, yeah, or I wouldn't be here today. I'm not going to pull your chain. I'm not going to pull your chain today. I believe it. I believe it. I believe it today. <laughs> 
when you begin to when you begin and I'm gonna close with this musicians come real quick actually just Michelle if you'll just if you'll just come just just play something on the piano when you begin to talk about kingdom building you you, you gotta understand that kingdom building is all about birthing kids it's it's all about raising up others under you I want to ask you a question today and I asked myself this and I was a little disappointed at the answer to be honest with you just going to be honest. I'm just going to confess to you. How many people have you won to Christ this year? Better yet, let me ask it another way. How many people have you talked to about Jesus this year? Or is this something you can just you keep to yourself and say, oh this, oh, this is my little box. And when I get ready to take my little box out, I'll take the top off and I'll pull my Jesus out. But when I get through with my Jesus, I'll put him back in the box. You know the little song we used to sing when we was growing up, right? I wished I had a little black box to put the devil in. I'd take him out. No, I wish I had a little red box, little red box, put my Jesus in. I'd take him out and, and put him back again. I wished I had a little black box to put the devil in. I'd take him out and, and put him back. I want to tell you something. If, if, if that's your philosophy on how Jesus and the devil works, you're badly mistaken. You've been taught in, in error. Because that's not how the Lord works today. You're not going to confine him to a box. Uh, he's bigger than that. He's bigger than that. You're not going to confine the enemy to a box. He'll show up at your house when you, don't, when you least expect it. Oh, yes, he will. He'll show up there when you least expect it. But my God, who's called me into this thing and I accept it, I enlisted. I'm a soldier in his army. I'm a soldier in the army of the Lord. Another thing I was thinking about this week when I was thinking about this sermon, everywhere I went in Catacombas, they had, they had, they had people standing in front of the stores, any, any place that dealt with money with machine guns that we walked, we passed, everywhere. That's like for us, if we'd go to Walmart, there'd be three or four guys there with machine guns. If we'd go down here to Murphy's gas station, there'd be somebody down there with a machine gun and somebody inside with a pistol. It didn't matter. Every, there was everywhere. And I'm thinking, Lord, what's this all about? And the Lord reminded me, son, when you're dealing with kingdom issues, there's times you've got to have a spiritual angel standing with you. You've got to have my spirit and my anointing with you to build the kingdom because it gets tough at times. It gets hard at times. And I don't mean to be bringing a bunch of stuff up with my trip, but I told you I was going to share a few things. The Pastor Noel that we was at in that little, that little village, he has about 100 people and about 80 kids. Honduras, they say, is 52% is made up of all children of Honduras, 52%. And Brother Roger, he took me out back because he was proud of it to a place where he was having his children's church. And I walked outside and walked down some stairs, and there's this block concrete wall out there, three sides of it, with a ceiling. And he said, that's where I'm having my kids. I said, well, there's nothing there. He said, that's right, but we have 80 kids right there in that room, room right there, as big as my office. 80 kids, can you imagine? And he said, he said the Lord's going to help us, and we're going to put a top over this thing. We're going to put another wall on this thing. We're going to enlarge this thing, and we're going to build a nice children's church for our babies. Kingdom building. Kingdom building. It's about birthing kids. It's about building his kingdom, teaching, discipling. And my first thought, I'm going to close with this, and I'll go back and I'll pick this, other, I'll pick this up later on. But in, in order for us to have a kingdom-building heart, the first thing I feel like that we've got to do, we've got to have a broken heart. 
We've got to see humanity for what it really is. We can't see humanity with all of our nice cars and nice houses because that's not how God sees us. He looks on the heart. He looks on the heart. And you know the thing I found out, Brother Reigns? The Lord died for me as well as he died for that person that was in that dump that day. Digging through that trash. He died for that person too. He died for him. And if I had something in my pocket that could have helped one of those, how was I going to bring back anything? You, just, you, just, you empty it out and you give. You give. And then you're blessed because of the way you feel that you, you change somebody's life. You change the direct. That's what we're talking about, kingdom building here. And once our hearts are broken, then we can begin to see a kingdom through God's eyes. We can begin to see a kingdom through His plan. And we've got to stay involved. It's, it's basically, if you want to look at it in, in, our, in our terminology today, it's called just get real with ourselves. Get real with ourselves of who we really are. When we're real before God, we become real before others. I ain't got time here because I, I know my time is up, but here... Listen, when we come to church on Sunday mornings, we have this face we put on. That's, that's, that's who we want everybody to see. I put on this suit of clothes. I put on this shirt. I put on these pants. I put on these shoes because, you know, it hides some imperfections, to be honest with you. Oh, yeah. It hides some things. Now, I know my wife don't think that, but, but others do. She thinks I'm solid as a rock. But I ain't. And it hides things. And Sister Kathy, I'm able to put on this face. But when I get real before God, when I get really real and I get naked, in other words, before God, spiritually speaking, and I just come to God the way He created me, to come before Him. No pretense, no petitions, none of that. I just say, God, it's me. It's me. It's at that moment that God is able to go in and He's able to work a work. He's able to... He's able to He's able to take that clay, in other words, and mold that clay the way that he wants it to be molded. And, 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 if I, and if I allow God to do that long enough, I'm able to listen to his voice better, Sister Brenda. And when God begins to speak into my ear, just like some of you had God to speak this morning, normally I don't let nobody get up on stage and talk because you never know what's going to happen. Just being honest with you. But the Lord just checked me this morning and said, it's okay, go ahead and let, let's, 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 let's take care of this. And you, you minister to hearts, you minister to lives today. You minister to people today because you was obedient to the voice of God. You was obedient. When we are real before others, we can become soldiers in the kingdom. When we are a soldier, when we are willing to fight for the kingdom, then you and I can be part of the plan of God. And that's what God wants us to be. We want, he wants us to be in His plan. He wants us to be in His plan. I want you to stand this morning. I want every head bowed and every eye closed real quick. I want to pray with you. Sister Michelle is pray, playing softly. I want to say, I know we've had a phenomenal altar service already, in my opinion. But if you're here today, you don't, you don't know the Lord. You can't say that you're a soldier in the army. You can't say that uh, you're involved in kingdom building. Then you need to be down at these altars. If you're here this morning and you say, Pastor, I'm saved. I've given my heart to the Lord, but I don't feel like I'm involved in kingdom building. Then you need to be down to this altar as well. So God can place that anointing and that mantle upon you.
He'll place it. And whether you believe it or not, listen to me. Some of y'all need to hear this. Whether you believe it or not, God is going to start sending some people your way that only you can minister to. Don't miss it when he sends them. Don't miss it. Be open. Be sensitive to those things. And as I'm praying, I want you to get out of your seat. I want you to come. I'm not going to take long at this altar service. Father, I want to thank you. I want to thank you for everything that you have done for us already this morning. I want to thank you for the lives that you touched. I want to thank you for those that you're, you're speaking to right now in their heart. And they know they need to get out of their seat right now and come. Father, I ask you in the name of Jesus that you would do a work that I can't do. Holy Spirit, I, I, I pray that you go places that I, that I can't go. I pray that you go into those secret corners of hearts that nobody else knows about. Only you and that individual. And I pray that you would stir our hearts today. Not only am I asking you to stir our hearts, but I'm asking you to break our heart today. Break us, Lord. Break us, Lord. Help us to be soldiers of the army of God for you. Help us, O oh God, to be soldiers of the cross for you. We know it's not going to be easy. We know, God, that going to be, there's going, there'll be things that you require out of us that, to be honest, that we really don't want to do. But you've called us to do it. And when you call us, you're going to equip us. And when you're going to equip us, you're going to give us the faith and the strength to move out by faith and be blessed by the Spirit of God. You know who we are. You know who we are. Holy Spirit, put something within our hearts today that, that lets us understand that it doesn't matter what happens in our life, we're not going to quit. We're not going to give up. We're not going to back down. I don't have to be pampered. I don't have to be cared for to serve you. I'm going to serve you in spite of whatever. I'm going to serve you. As much as those people in that city dump had to get up every day and fight for their living, God, let me every day fight for my Christian walk for you. Because I know the enemy would like to steal it. I know the enemy would like to cause me to turn around and to move out. There's hundreds and hundreds of pastors every day that's giving up their pulpit because they can't handle it. God, I'm asking you today for strength. I'm asking you for humbleness. I'm asking you for humility to help me stand before you. Lord, you see these that's come down to the altar this morning. Somebody don't mind, would you somebody come and get behind these that's in this altar today? You know why they've come today. You know the need that's on their heart today. You see, God, where you're taking them. You see the things that you're showing them. Nobody else may be able to see it, but God, you, you're showing them. And you'll show them even other things in the future. And I pray, oh God, that you forgive us. Forgive us of our complacency. Forgive us of our inerror. Forgive us of robbing from you our time and talents and ability Help us to stand before you with a pure heart. Help us to stand before you, O oh God, I pray.
help us to stand before you the way that we need to. And when we stand before you, Lord, don't let there be nothing in our life that would hold us back from our relationship with you. We want to stand whole and pure before you. We want you to guide us. We want you to strengthen us. And God, if you've given us any abilities, any talents whatsoever, let us use it for building your kingdom. If you give us anything, oh God, we could give out. Don't let us keep it and hoard it up in our life. Let us give it out to you where others can be blessed. And we'll thank you. We'll praise you, Lord. We'll praise you, Jesus.